The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I hold in my hands the great Irish book of Gaelic games. It is illustrated by Donna O'Malley and written by Ivan Nequill and the RTE Sports Broadcaster. Ivan, you are very, very welcome to the show and thanks so much uh, for joining us. Congratulations uh, on the book. It is it is absolutely a beautiful book and it is really well written as well. But I do have to ask, I mean, there's, there's 88 pages of content, as it were, in this. And there's so much that you could tell. I mean, how do you decide what doesn't go into this? Oh, such a great question. And like so many people have asked me that question because it's one of those books, it actually has never been done before. So like... The Gaelic Athletic Association is one association. Um, and when Gil came to me first, they were thinking about writing this book or putting this book together. They were looking for a journalist to do it and they wanted to call it the Great Irish Book of the GEA. And I was like, you can't do that. Mm. You can't do that because you'll leave out all the little girls and all the women and all the rest of it. So um, they're actually, when I was researching it and I had a, a fellow journalist look it over for me when I was kind of finished writing the content and he was like, this has never been done before where all of the sports are into one book. So not just camogie and ladies football, but also rounders, handball, puck father, you name it. It's all in there. So yeah, it, it, I had to spend, I spent most of last September, October coming up with the content, like what I wanted in terms of mm. a list and a spider diagram and all of that. And then the hardest part was actually breaking it down into sections because where do you start? Like, yes. how do you break it down? Like, and do you mix um, the counties? Do you mix the women, the men? Do you, do, do you mix the codes? What do you do? So the way I worked it out, there are five sections in the book. The first section is all about the history, which obviously is rich. And I was really adamant that kids would understand where the games came from and mm. why they came to be. Um, and then we have a section on the small ball, um, which obviously is hurling and, and camogie, but also puck father and handball and rounders and all of the great small ball games, yes. Gaelic games. And then we have the big ball section, which obviously is all about Gaelic football, but also international rules and all of that stuff as well. And then we have other, two other sections towards the end as well, which is more around, you know, the, the experience of being involved in Gaelic games. Who who or what was the issue or the person that was kind of on the cutting room floor that you were like, oh, if I had another page, I'd get there that so many, you wouldn't believe how like many a wedding, Like you know in your wedding, there's always yeah, someone yeah, yeah. and you think, well, <laughs> but if I invite them, that's just the, the next people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person. ball rolls so and it's eventually just a someone has to I know, I know. You just have to get a scissors and go, no, look, this is it. Um, I had a lot of those moments. And yeah. luckily enough, there are wonderful editors at Gill who just. Who you can to, blame if I any of these blame. people say, to no. why is such and such not in the book? <laughs> oh, I've been on local radio, uh, diff- different local radio stations in the last few days. And, and like, they'll always go to, like, how, where's Donegal here now? And they'll try and find it. Um, but I was really keen to try and get a good spread. And obviously, if you are looking at the best footballers ever to play the game there are people in Kerry who will argue all of them came from Kerry but yes. I can't do a spread on the best footballers and I'm not, I just have Kerry men and have no women and yes. have nobody from anywhere else so it was very difficult but I did have my wrist slapped a few times around you know condensing everything because mm. I wanted to put in a, so much more and like that was an experience in itself like people say oh it's easy to write for kids no it's not it's really hard So what, what was important then to, to get in the book I mean what, what do you hope that people get out of it? I hope that people get um, a sense of inclusivity out of it. I think that was really important. Well, it was important to me. Like, you know, I mean, lots of other people, you could have written this book. Lots of people could have written this book and it would have been a different book. Yeah. So for me, I wanted to make sure that everybody was reflected. I wanted my under eight girls to open the book and see themselves. I wanted my mother's and other's football team to open the book and see themselves. I wanted Gaelic Games fans and players in Singapore and New York and Boston to open the book and see themselves. So it's not just about the Intercounty Stars. So that was the point. It's about everybody in Gaelic games in the family and not just around, 
you know, playing the sport. But we have so many volunteers in all of the associations. We have score events, which people forget are part of the Gaelic mm-hmm. Association as well. Um, and then the link with the Irish language is important to me as well um, because there is a massive link. Like the whole reason the GA was founded was to try and protect Irish culture. Irish yeah, you have Irish a section games. on that towards the end of the book as well. Yeah, yeah and like a lot of the, if you think, think about the competitions like Fela and Score, um, Puck Fada even, like it's all Irish yeah. phrases and people kind of take that for granted and don't realise it maybe or even cool camps like that's a play on cool see you for the L um, and then obviously the steps of the Hogan Stand the speech that everybody makes yes. Aloha, Sermon, Clocker, son. so I had to get the Irish language in as well That's a born as well of I assume kind of your own personal background isn't it? Oh yeah I think like I keep saying if, if someone else wrote the book maybe it wouldn't be in there so yeah. that was probably what something that I was quite aware of um, because I really do believe there is a link between you know, Irish language and Irish like Gaelic games and, and Gaelic culture. Like we have the score, there's a little section on the score events and I like that's set dancing and, you know, Ogle of Britta and all that stuff, which mm. we all grew up with. Well, I did anyway. Um, but people forget sometimes that it's actually to do with the GEA. Um, so, like in terms of a book of this uh, scale, like an undertaking, um, like it, uh, how daunting was it at the start? Say September, October last year. Well, very, because I'd never written a book before. Yeah. Um, it was really daunting. Now, I would love to point out at this stage that I didn't illustrate this book and this book <laughs> would be nothing without the illustrations. Yeah, they're lovely illustrations, they aren't are they? They are just stunning. And I was seeing these illustrations in dribs and drabs um, and sketches and we were over and back a little bit on some of the stuff that wasn't quite the way it needed to be in terms of, you know, representing certain things. Um Donna O'Malley has done an incredible job. So his job came a bit later than mine because I obviously had to write all the words first and create all the content mm. and then he went back and illustrated it all and then it started jumping off the page. But daunting, yes, very, because I'd never written a book before so I'd never gone through the process and I'm still finding it kind of daunting because I, I, I thought the book was done and then they're like, oh, now you have to promote it. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm trying to... Ah, like, look, it's... it's um, in some ways, it's an easy book to promote. It's a lovely book. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, most kids in Ireland play some form of Gaelic yes. games. So I hope when I go into classrooms and, you know, I go to Shops and there are kids there that they can relate in some way to it. I mean, you mentioned that you're under eight girls and everything. I mean, there is much more parity of esteem within the sport. Uh, but there's not absolute parity of esteem. No, and um, it still needs strong voices. And yeah. it's still, every single club needs the women's coaches to be going, hold on a second, we didn't get a pitch yet. We need to get a pitch. Yes. So all those girls still need a voice. The complication in a lot of clubs is that still uh, the pitches belong to the GAA club. Yeah. Which or, is the men's club. Or, and or the council. Of, yeah, or <laughs> the council. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that's... But yeah, um, but that's, that's the reason why, I mean, that's the reason, I mean, that's the reason why we need integration. Yes. You know, um, that's one of the big reasons why. And the amount of people that have asked me, oh, you know, about, you know, girls playing GA or girls doing this or whatever, and they don't realise they actually don't. They play camogie or ladies football. There are separate sec- separate associations for them. And that was something that didn't even dawn on some of the people behind the book when I said it can't be called the Great Irish Book of the GA. Yeah. You know, it needs to be called the Great Irish Book of Gaelic Games. So, um, yeah, look, I think we're definitely a long way down the road in the integration process. Far be it for me to say anything one way or another about it but I do think that it is going to happen and yes. I think the players want it to happen and I think it would be a good thing for um, well particularly younger girls like even the parents of younger girls like for a lot of clubs they're still having to pay two registrations if you're not in the one club model you know yeah. so it doesn't really make sense to uh, No and um, I mean they're, they're, like it is remarkable though despite the fact that there isn't a parity of a stream and integration is still you know due to happen I mean it's been due to happen for 20 odd years Yeah but at least there's a working committee now. Yeah there is and it is getting closer undoubtedly um, like despite all that I mean when you go down to to that under 8 level 
I mean, it is remarkable how much... I remember when my daughter started playing a few years ago. So she's seven now, so under fives. And I remember someone else in the club said, you should take a photo of all of those. It was like 45 or 50 girls. See how many are still there. You should take a photo of that. He goes, because I have a photo on the fridge of uh, my daughter and she's only in her late teens starting in our club and there were six of them. There were six of them Mm -hmm. and that's only 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like it is, you know, and it's not to kind of say, oh listen, we're there. We've reached the promised land, forget about it. But I mean, it, it would be, I think it would be kind of remiss to suggest there's not like unbelievable strides that have happened. Oh, absolutely there are. Yeah. Oh, absolutely there are. Yeah, I mean, our under eight girls, we have about 50-odd, 52, 3, 4, 5 of them, um, depending, and they, you know, they don't all show up every single week. Most of them do. We have a core of about 40 who show yeah. up every single week, which is, I think is wonderful. What about coaches? Have you enough women coaches? That's the next big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Women coaches and women referees. Not just, I'm not just talking about under eight level, I'm talking about like, you know, minor, senior, yeah. county. like, no, there aren't enough women coaches. And that yeah. doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means they're not in the roles. And why is that? Are they not being put forward or are they not putting their hand up? Because women sometimes are slower to put their hand up than mm-hmm. men because sometimes they don't back themselves or they don't feel like they have the experience and really you just need the confidence to go out and do it. Um, yeah, also there's, when there's a culture maybe of the mm-hmm. men being the coaches, it's yeah. hard maybe sometimes to kind of fly in the face of that culture. Yeah, it is. It is. But I think most clubs are pretty good at encouraging um the women to get involved yeah. as well as the men. Obviously, the, as you know, it's all parents. Like it's all yeah, and daddies who are doing the coaches. Like that. You coaches. wonder, will it kind of, will it just bleed through the eight? So again, we have women involved at say under eights and you obviously have because you're involved with under eights. And then I was at say the Camogie Art Club were in the Leinster semi-final at the weekend, but it was all men, almost exclusively all men on the sideline of both teams. But you just wonder, will as these kind of crop of younger players come through where there has been a huge swell in numbers and mothers are more involved and there's been more concerted effort, will without really doing an awful lot, will it just naturally get there? Or do you need to kind of, you know, sometimes culture needs a shove as well. Yeah, that's time. a big debate, isn't it? That yeah. same, makes the exact same debate as gender quotas. Yeah. So do you wait for it to happen or do you just put in a quota and then if you reach it, then at least you're giving it a helping hand. And like there are, there, there are, like pros and cons to gender quotas but it does speed the process up and sometimes it's like just get it done Yeah. Um, so I don't know what the answer is but I definitely we have I would say we have a 50-50 split of the under 8 girls Yeah. Um, so I do think it's probably changing I mean if you go up along the age groups maybe it's different and also for boys teams maybe it's different but certainly the mothers have definitely tried to get involved with the under 8 girls and we have yeah. some amazing dads that are involved as well like they're just brilliant because I think you do need that balance as well Um. But, yeah, there's loads of work to do. i tell you where women have the upper hand within Gaelic Games is involvement of players in their 40s and 50s. So Gaelic for mothers and others or Ga for mas or whatever you call it, <laughs> you don't have a male equivalent. Like, it's been remarkable what a success that has been in, yeah. in encouraging people. I mean, that's all down people. to the Ladies Football Association. That yeah, was their amazing, brainchild. It? It, is, it has taken off like no one's business. Like, I think as well, if you I frame mean, it... That, that clubs in our own Kilkenny have yeah. uh, ladies Gaelic football teams. I know. People keep asking me. Um, they can't feel the played? men's team. In, no, I know. <laughs> Someone said that to me this morning. Yeah. Like, you know, what's going on with the club? We can't get nine lads down to play nace at the weekend. There's 43 women yeah. coming to New York at the weekend. That's great. It is, it's fantastic. But like, I think as well um, that it's because it's framed in such a way, like it's the goal games rules. It's not competitive. Mm. It's it's not, people aren't afraid to come out having never played football before. They're not afraid to come out for an hour on a Wednesday evening and, you know, learn how to hand pass or learn how to kick a ball. So it's not like we're going out playing hell for leather matches. The matches aren't even that long as well. So if you want to play four minutes, that's fine. You play four minutes, then you come off and then I'll go back on. So like, there's no pressure. 
I think that's one of the biggest things with, with mothers and others. And the whole thing about it is you're not meant to like celebrate a win. Like it's non-competitive. Oh yeah. Like I, like we tell the kids it's <laughs> yeah, non-competitive yeah, yeah. and you're not keeping score. Oh and my God. You can be sure they're well, keeping I score. You, I don't know who's <laughs> worse, the underage girls or the mothers. <laughs> <sighs> um, do you consider yourself anything of a trailblazer? No, I don't. Other people do, would you think? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um I think people came before. Trailblazer maybe is, without sounding insulting, is overstating the case maybe. But let me put it this way. The fact that, say, yourself and Joanne Cantwell and Marie Crow and Jackie Hurley, that's that's that four of the more high-profile sports broadcasters in the country are women. Right, maybe it's not trailblazing, but it's not nothing. Okay, it's not nothing because yeah. maybe... So I'm 20 years in Orty, almost 19 and a half, show my age now. Um, and there there weren't, there just weren't those faces. There weren't those yeah. people to sort of try and emulate. Um, so maybe, yes, maybe you have a point there. Thing is, the women were behind the scenes all along. Like there were lots yeah. of women working in sports for years and years and years. And we did have people like um, Kleena Foley and we had people like... Um, uh, Claire McNamara was in RTE, uh, Tracy Piggott was in and out of RTE. So there were women around, but I suppose in terms of prominence, there's nothing, it hasn't, it hasn't been anything like it is today. Mm. So yeah, it has changed, but like that's not down to the four people that you mentioned. That's just down to the culture shift and it's down to other advocates. Like producers and directors had to say, oh, Yvonne's really good at that, you should put her on that. You know, and some yeah. of those producers and directors were women. So I had advocates and other people have had advocates along the way. And it won't always go your way either. Like these decisions are predominantly made by one or two people in a room and most of the time they're men. So like it doesn't always go your way. And I suppose the point there is it doesn't always mean that there was anything wrong with the way that you were, yeah, you know, yeah. presenting yourself or whatever. So um, it's kind of swings and roundabouts. But yeah, the landscape has changed. It has changed completely, but it's definitely not the case that, you know, we were some sort of a force to be reckoned with. Uh, we all worked very hard and, yeah. you know, that sort of way. And there were people guiding us and showing us along the way as well behind the scenes. So I suppose um, that in itself is a good shift. But we're not finished. No. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we kind of got off topic. Uh, the topic is the book. Um, and it's, look, it's an opportune time of year because there'll be parents and aunts and uncles uh, wondering maybe what to buy kids and maybe even Santa himself wondering uh, what might look good under the Christmas tree. The Great Irish Book of Gaelic Games by Vandy Quill and Donna O'Malley, uh, the illustrator as well. Ivan, listen, a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Kieran, thanks, Billion. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.